Hi, I'm Jennifer Z, and welcome to the Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy Podcast. Here's what you can expect from listening to Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy. My true passion is all about helping educate you, the listener, on food, fitness, and wellness. I educate through my own story and experiences on a multitude of topics, including inflammatory conditions, women's health, plant-based nutrition, fitness, and mindfulness. It's designed to teach you how you can become your most powerful self every single day. From interviews with today's top health, fitness, wellness, and spiritual experts, this podcast is a fun and happy atmosphere. So sit back and enjoy some of the amazing interviews that I have with experts and people who have completely transformed their lives through plant-based nutrition, fitness, and wellness. And if you love this podcast and would love to see it grow with even more incredible episodes, you now have the opportunity to support the Jennifer Z podcast by visiting jenniferz.com forward slash podcast. That's J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-Z-E-E.com forward slash P-O-D-C-A-S-T. This helps me amp up the podcast finding more incredible guests while increasing the number of episodes being published. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the Jennifer Z community. Hey guys, welcome to the Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners right now for tuning in because this is one of the components of my life that I just absolutely love doing. So I love spreading the word about plant-based nutrition, fitness and wellness, and having such incredible people on to share their wealth of knowledge all about plant-powered living is just one of those things where I truly feel like I'm living my life purpose. So thank you so much for tuning in and taking the steps in your own life to optimal health. So today on the podcast, I have Monica Otero. Monica found her empowerment and contribution to society via that of wellness, veganism, and health. Her primary focus is guiding people into a state of alkalinity, which improves everything from their outward appearance to daily thoughts, emotions, and cognitive reasoning. Determining the United States as the dehydration nation with millions of Americans walking around in a zombie-like state, she is intent on raising awareness to anyone she can touch. For this reason, Monica uses her knowledge to educate her friends, followers, clients, and anyone who will listen, kind of like what I do. Through her dedication to her posts, she has influenced thousands of people around the world to rethink what and how they eat. Monica is also a devout yogi and has logged over 600 hours of yoga practicing daily over the past several years. Along with HIIT training, yoga has helped her find true enlightenment and is the perfect complement to living a cruelty-free lifestyle. Her life has come full circle and her ambition to help people discover the benefits of living a plant-based life is stronger than ever and her gift of writing and eagerness to spread messages of positivity allow her to post articles that are written with love and total conviction I love that 
Her goal to get people motivated to live a life of positivity, stemming from the food they're eating, the body staying hydrated. I'm honored and very excited to have Monica on the show because I really haven't had many vegan chefs on the show quite like Monica. We are talking about so many different things today. So we're talking about our fur babies first and foremost. And then we're also talking about Monica's story and what led her to veganism. And we share some tips on meal planning and how this can be incorporated into your life even if you're not really good in the kitchen. We talk about Monica's favorite tools that she cannot live without in the kitchen and common mistakes that people make when they first make that transition to plant-based living. And as an added bonus, we are going to be talking about superfoods and superfoods that you may not really know about just yet, but you're going to you're about to find out. And we're going to be talking about Monica's secrets to beautiful healthy hair. So you do not want to miss this episode. I am super stoked. Let's get started. Hi, Monica. Welcome to the Jennifer Z Plant-Based and Happy Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. Oh, this is so exciting. So Monica, I want to know your story. Like what led you to veganism? Did you become a vegan before becoming a chef or vice versa? Why don't you share your story with us? Uh, I've been vegan for 15 years. So it was basically an overnight thing for me. Growing up, I naturally trended and was more inclined to vegetarianism. I just never really enjoyed meat, if you will, or dairy products. It was, I'm Spanish Italian and I grew up in Spain. So obviously, you know, it, there is a lot of pork products and, oh, yeah. um, you know, all the, all the ham and, you know, all the things that is yep. kind of like part of Spanish culture and Italian prosciutto and all those kind of things. I just was never a fan. It, it, and it wasn't, very predominant in my home. Um, luckily, my mom, she would prepare really light fare. It was very Mediterranean, mostly right. plant-based, yeah. luckily for us. So um, it just wasn't a big factor in my life. And there was only a few, I, I have vivid memories of like the, the, the few times that my mom would prepare a meat dish where I found myself cutting around it, like cutting around the bone, cutting around the fat. If I found a vein, I would scream. Like oh, I just, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you're, you don't know as a kid growing up, like what, you know, the options are other than eating what your parents put in front of you. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I did start beco to become informed and I started to read books uh, because I was always extremely aware as a child. Like when I was 12 years old, I was sitting in our den that was turned into sort of like my sister and I's workspace for, you know, for homework and stuff, yeah. reading about really, uh, scary things like, like the AIDS epidemic, the Holocaust. I suddenly became obsessed with environmentalism. I joined Greenpeace when I was 13. So I was already very deep into sort of history and um, conservation. And I think when you're entering into those fields, understanding that what you eat has a great effect on the rest of the world, on humanity and on, on the, every living inhabitant, you generally want to become you know, vegan or plant-based just to do your part. So it was a very seamless transition for me. There was no 
there was no difficulty. It was like, okay, if I want to be all these other things, how can I not be vegan? If I'm an environmentalist and I'm a conservationist and I love animals and I don't want animals to suffer, I cannot eat any of them. So that was it for me. Absolutely. And I think everyone has that defining moment as well. Exactly. Uh, and, and then like in terms of your family, were they on board with you? Were they accepting of this? Like it sounds like no. you were pretty much plant-based. Well, anyway. I, I, because I'm an ethical vegan, uh, there is really like, there's nothing anyone can say or, or there's nothing to sway me or make me uncomfortable or, you know, make me feel like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to be difficult at the holidays or this and that and the other. I, it, it never was, I was concerned about for other people. Right. Yep. But to be honest, I've been, I've been vegan for so long that I don't really remember having struggles per se. Although in the beginning, like, I think maybe just some of the holidays were, my mom maybe wasn't as considerate of me. Like, she still made lamb chops for a couple of years, which really disturbed me because when you think about it, lambs are babies. Yeah. And so like that was something that would upset me deeply. And I had to sort of mask it when we were sitting at the table. And then I think as they began to understand more the effect on that it had on me and how it sort of disrupted the entire um, vibe of the, the gathering. Oh, it absolutely. Was, it was you know what I mean? Yeah. So would you say that you basically just by being who you are and being true to yourself, did you change your family's dynamic and how they think about meat and stuff like that too? Absolutely. Yeah. I think, that's awesome. stand, I think that that is something so pivotal that you just said is maintaining integrity and staying committed to who you are. And obviously you go through phases. I, in the beginning, you know, my first, I would say my first five to eight years, you know, deep in veganism and, and activism, I was a very, I was so angry and hurt and upset all the time because you see the atrocities being committed. Yeah. And you're just so horrified that, you know, you're walking around your life every day and all this, all these tragedies are occurring, you know, in unspeakable acts of cruelty, not only against animals, but the human beings that are committing these acts. Right. So it was, I was more aggressive then about, well, how could you, how can you still eat animals? Do you know what's happening? And, and so it wasn't really being received as, as, <laughs> as well as it come at somebody from a more um, empathetic and kind approach where you're maybe not throwing in all of the, you know, horrible things at them at first, but you're just sort of introducing it to them from a positive aspect of the benefits that it has, you know, for you and then how, how great it tastes and how it, it affects your health long-term and those type of things. And that's how I came, I was able to sort of really be my true self with everyone around me and not intimidate and frighten them. Because that was something that I was doing a lot in the beginning. Right. And, but I think that that's the natural process. Like when you start learning about what actually happens behind the scenes and where your food is coming from, it's very hard to either downplay that or not talk about it. So there does come a point where you do get aggressive and you do, you know, almost lash out on people like, how could you do this? But then once you change your perspective of it and you approach it as more of like an educational type of topic. And, you know, I just started making plant-based food and I'm the sole cook in my house. So like everyone, you know, they could have gone and, and made whatever they wanted, but 
you know, half of my family doesn't know how to cook, which was great because I was just offering them what I was eating. So it was like a natural process where they were like, oh, this is really good. And you know, it's, it's, it's so interesting. I have always said, I don't care what you are. All right. Cause we can talk about labels for a second and how that has been labels are, are make, making things kind of a mess sometimes for people. Yeah. And I always say, you don't need to call yourself vegan. You don't need to call yourself plant-based. You don't need to be anything. You don't need to be like me. Okay. But if I make you, if I'm making delicious food and you're in my house, I don't care what you are, or what you subscribe to, you're going to like my food because it's good. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. It's, it's just delicious food. That's, that's cruelty free. And that's, that tastes good and that's good for you. So whether you, you know, still eat meat or trying to eat less of it, or you call yourself a, a keto or, or paleo or whatever, you're going to like the food. And I think that that's what's most important at the end of the day for people like you and I who do, who do meal prep and prepare foods and are introducing plant-based foods into people's, you know, uh, lifestyle. It's not a diet. It's just a way of living. Mm-hmm. That to me is what is creating a massive shift in our culture. Oh, absolutely. And, and removing you- the label thing. I mean, I can yeah. say that I'm vegan because I've been like this for 15 years. I am involved in, in, in activism and in environmentalism and conservation. Like I make choices based off of, you know, is what I'm buying today, is it profit? Is it giving profit to corporate giants that are based off of greed and destruction? Mm-hmm. Those are decisions that someone like myself makes. Other people, they may not go that deep. They may not go that deep ever. But small acts like changing simply, you know, where, you know, how often they buy animal products and or if they stop to buy buying them at all, they'll make a huge impact long term. I feel like that also expands too. I feel like once you start, it's it's almost like when somebody is vegetarian and then they go into veganism. It's mm-hmm. it's that natural process. And I feel like as soon as somebody decides to incorporate a meatless Monday, for example, mm-hmm. that just carries on into like, oh, I felt great. And then they start doing a bunch of research. They start watching all of these documentaries, like what the mm-hmm. health and all of these things. Right. That opens their eyes up to a lot of other things. And then it only gets bigger. Exactly. And it's not it's not a um, one size fits all. Everyone kind of develops it at their own speed. Like when I work with my clients, I have uh, several of them who I never go in when, when, I, when I set up a meeting or whatever and say, you have to go vegan to work with me. That has absolutely never been my approach. I, I cannot control what adults do. But if they want me to help them you know, incorporate more plant-based, nutrient-rich, fiber-rich foods, into their Monday to Friday, I'm their lady, you know? And that's what I do. I say, just eat more of this so that on the occasion that you don't, your body is not as affected. It's not as traumatized. Your internal organs don't suffer as much. And it really works well. And right, they, and it's not so overwhelming either. You know, I went out on the weekend and, and we went to a steakhouse and I actually didn't even order the steak. I just got like, you know, some amazing vegetable dish that I asked them to make me because you told me to ask for what I want and I'll get it. And I did it and everybody else at the table was jealous of my dish. Well, that's the one, that is huge what you just said because a lot of people are afraid to ask for things in restaurants. And Mm -hmm. that's the one thing I tell my clients as well is like, don't be afraid. They want to make sure, a restaurant wants to make sure that you're going to leave happy no matter what it is. So Mm -hmm. like if you go into a steakhouse and you order a plate-based meal, they just want to make sure that whatever you, they're bringing to the table is going to make you happy. 
So exactly. Especially when we're talking like high end restaurants, you know, the chefs know how to cook. Okay. They weren't just told how to prepare a ribeye. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) They know how to. And, and, and another thing is like, I always tell people, could you eat any of these meats if they weren't seasoned, sauteed, grilled, oiled up, buttered up, all these things, all of those flavors can be applied to a vegetable dish and you get the same savory sensation. Absolutely. That's what people don't think about is like they could never eat any of those animal proteins raw, straight from the kill. And when you yeah. look at things like that, you're like, well, what I really enjoy about these things is like the, the flavor, the, the savoriness, right? So yes. you can take all of those seasonings and get a beautiful head of cauliflower cut. You know, you, you know how they make those awesome cauliflower steaks? Yep. You can get a very similar sensation and all the trimmings on the side. And so, you know, those subtle changes make huge impacts. But, you know, just back on the restaurant thing, I've traveled the entire world. I have never had an issue anywhere I've gone because guess what? Vegetables are everywhere in the world. They're more predominant than animals. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) It's not hard to find. I went to a very fancy French restaurant yesterday, which, excuse me, not yesterday, recently, which is, I'm not a fan of French fare. Obviously, it's very dairy laden and it's heavy and, you know, it's just would not be our cup of tea, right? Yeah. I told the chef, listen, I'm vegan. And I said, um, make me something amazing. I know you can do it. And they came back with the most beautiful spread of, of, of vegetables. And I was the envy of everyone in the restaurant. Oh, and absolutely. You know everyone you probably wanted what you were having. And a lot of times the restaurants get inspired to add an exclusively plant-based dish when they have someone come in to ask them for stuff like that. Yes. And I've, I've actually heard a story about that uh, from one of my previous guests. They were talking about a famous restaurant in LA that's a steakhouse that the owner is actually vegan now. And now 85% of the menu is plant-based. It's, it's incredible. Like the shift. I mean, in Paris, so many um, Michelin star restaurants have now completely removed all, all animal products from their dishes. And they're just getting so creative, like scientific even about their plant-based dishes. So it's it's easier than ever. So, yeah. and, and you Especially know what, I, I always say, look, this is a very important thing that, that I really want people to, to think about as an adult, we really cannot control anything that's happening except what we put in our mouth. That's it. That's because when I walk outside that door, I am not in control of what's going to happen to me by external factors. But guess yeah. what? I was able to control what I decided to start my day with. Did I, did I decide to eat a, a processed a donut or did I make myself a beautiful green smoothie that took two minutes to make because it's about the effort and it's about the intention. So when you're, you're basing your life off of only putting good into your body, it affects the brain. It affects, elevates you. It makes you a better version of yourself and it commands respect from other people because you are in control of you, right? Can't control what other people are doing can't control what the drivers are doing, what my colleagues are doing, what my kids are doing, my, my, my parents, my husband, whatever. But I did. I was able to control how I felt this morning. And so because I'm feeling better, I'm going to make other people feel better because I'm in a good space mentally, physically. And, well, it's, and- it, it's pivotal to start like your days like that because your better mood and your confidence is contagious. Yeah. And it's also very empowering to be able to do that for yourself. There is nothing as empowering as being in control of your nutrition. It's literally life-changing. And I see it happening all the time. 
So when you, when you first meet clients, because we were talking about our clients before, when you first meet clients, are there telltale signs that you can tell like what they're eating, what they're not eating, what they're deficient in? Like what, what are the things that you're seeing crop up in your clients where you're like, Oh my goodness. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, I, you know, I love what I do because I meet with so many different types of people, right. From all walks of life, ages, uh, you know, I work with families a lot with kids that are, seven to to 17, the parents, you know, the dad, the moms, the dads, I see the family dynamic. <clears throat> and I think with, you know, um, a lot of the, the parents, they are, they're severely dehydrated because they're just not consuming enough food. And when they are eating food, the food is just, you know, dead food, as I call it. Yep. So they're not absorbing any nutrients. And the kids are, a lot of times, uh, they're exhausted, they're depleted because they're overworked, you know, with, with the heavy school schedule. And then they're snacking on junk instead of, you know, and the moms feel out of control because they feel like they don't have time to prepare better foods for their children, even though they were frustrated because they don't, they don't know then how to prepare foods. And it's just this like crazy family dynamic of dysfunction, right? Mm-hmm. And when you go in, when I go in, because I do these, um, I call them my, my intensives, where I go into the home and I do a complete decluttering and detoxification of everything in the house. All the oh, products, all the, all the cleaning products, all of the condiments, all of the plastic. I just get all the, sh- the sorry. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. <laughs> all of the bad stuff out of the, out of the house, out of the environment. So I can create this, this space that's, that's, that's free. Right. And, and then reincorporate all the good stuff so that they learn how to make foods, you know, that are, that are conducive to everybody like living well. And uh, one of the things that is, is troubling is that the moms who are typically the heart of the home, um, you know, obviously modern days, maybe sometimes the dad is home or whatever, but whoever the caretaker is, yeah. has to take the reins and control of the kitchen. And it's like, you're not going to let a three-year-old dictate what he or she eats. You're the, you're, you know what? You're the mom. You're the one that prepares the food, picks up the food, and serves the food. And guess what? When you're making simple foods every, and you sit down at the table to eat, everyone's going to eat with you because they have no choice. Well, that's exactly I what that I did. <laughs> problem, and I'm sure that you've noticed this as well, if you ever work with families, is yeah. that the parents are getting run over by the kids. Oh, I see it all the time. And it's like, that's just not how it works. You know, I mean, you have to be a source of strength to the children and, by, you know, and you have to, you know, sit them down and make, make them proper meals so that they're able to function better and their bodies develop better. So that's something that I really focus on with, with the parents is telling them that, you know, this is a big change for them, but it's also going to be a big change for their kids. And it's going to make their kids respect them and treat them better because it's just so unfair. Yes. I mean, when you see your parents not respecting themselves and just shoving crap into their mouths, I mean, what, what message is that sending in the first place? And then in the second place, you know, when I was growing up, it was like, we ate whatever my parents made us. And if you didn't like it, that's too bad. Like you're, you're going to go hungry then. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I don't, I don't want kids to go hungry, obviously, but guess what? Discipline, (laughs) discipline is necessary. And that, uh, that is 
that's also discipline of the self by, by deciding, guess what? I'm not going to, um, you know, settle for second best with, with anything in my life, including food. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to going to just say, well, this is easy because guess what? All good things in life don't come easy. You've got to put a little bit of effort and a little bit of work into it and, and things will be amazing. Well, and that's the one thing that I try to drive home is, you know, meal planning, meal prep, batch cooking, all of that stuff is important. And if you take the time to actually schedule that in, do that at the beginning of the week, your weeks will be seamless. And oh my God. So- and, and you know what? The kids love it. Yes. They love it. I, when I'm in the houses and I'm, and I'm teaching the kids how to make super smoothies, they get so excited. Their faces light up. They they, they get motivated by learning about ingredients. I, 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 go, I, I grab the boxes of, of junk food, of snacks, and I turn them around and I say, look at this label. I said, can you pronounce any of these words? And they're like, no. And I say, <laughs> exactly. I go, if you can't pronounce them, you shouldn't be eating them. And that's it. It clicks in their brain. I see it happening. And then the kids start reaching for fruit, which is so undereaten in this country and so necessary and vital. And like, if I could, if I could tell everyone listening to do one thing, it's to eat way more fruit and stop obsessing over, well, fruit has sugar. Guess what? Yes, it does. Natural sugars that are essential for brain development. Exactly. Hydrated. They're not processed, you know, um, man-made bleached white refined sugars that you find in dead foods, processed foods, baked goods, and stuff like that. We have to have natural sugars from fruits. It's essential for our development, for, for our brains to stay functioning, to get the carbohydrates we need to, you know, to perform every day. So get your fruit in. We need it. You know, don't be freaking out about fruit. About apple. You know what I mean? Well, it's funny when people start freaking out about fruit and then you look at their diet or their diary, their food journal, and you're like, yeah. well, it, you're, you're so worried about food, but what about like the six cans of pop that you drink every day? Like, yeah, no, it's, it, it's diet though. Fruit? It's diet coke. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff drives me nuts. But you know, also, especially with my stepkids, what I do is it, because I know that they won't eat fruit if it's not chopped up or prepared for them. So I keep little containers all over the refrigerator. Yeah. It's all about presentation. Yeah. Everything mini. My stepdaughter loves everything mini. So I have little Mm -hmm. tiny bowls for her, little tiny containers. And she's like, Oh, can I have those little apple chips? Meanwhile, it's just thinly sliced apple. Exactly. That's all it is. Exactly. Prep it, make it cute, make it appealing. I mean, obviously we listen, we are visual. We're visual. Like we see something and we want it. We don't even know what it tastes like, right? So that's why like when you prepare beautiful, bright colored foods, we eat with our eyes. Absolutely. So when we see something beautiful in front of us, we're, we're going to have it. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we let's can- talk a little bit about superfoods because I have a few favorites right now. I love mangosteen because it's a powerful anti-inflammatory. It supports blood sugar control and it also promotes healthy skin. Uh, and it tastes like cotton candy, uh, with just without all the chemicals. So I yeah. want to know from you, what are your favorite superfoods right now? And why do you love these so much? God, there's so many that I love. Um, I love spirulina. If there was one thing that I could ask everyone to add into their uh, smoothie every day, it would be a scoop of spirulina. Mm-hmm. I agree with that one. Dense, plant, uh, most protein-dense, nutrient-dense um, uh, superfood on the planet. I mean, we could literally subsist off of just spirulina and, and have like a perfect immune system. 
and it tastes amazing. It adds to, to your smoothie, you know? Yeah. I just, I love how it tastes. Um, it mixes in well with everything and it just, it, it really enhances the color of a green smoothie as well. So if you're visually based, it'll look, uh, it'll make it even more green and pretty and you just feel good and you get that big boost of plant-based protein in the morning and you're good. So definitely throw some spirulina in there. And I love camu camu. Mm. It's so good. It's like a giant dose of vitamin C, you know? Yeah. Amazing. Love those two. Those two are some of my favorites. And then I love a really good plant-based protein, um, you know, like a Vega or a Sun Warrior. Um, uh, I love Amazing Grass, everything that they do. So I love um, throwing a scoop of that into, uh, into my super smoothie every day. Yeah. I, I found a Garden of Life. I think it's the raw vegan the raw plant-based protein. I like that one too. Um, we need to talk about your hair because it is bananas. Okay. <laughs> We're it, is bananas. it is based off of eating a lot of bananas. <laughs> I was just about to ask you, what's your secret? <laughs> and I blew it. Um, well, I'm 40 and I, I have to say that most people when they meet me would never, would never believe my age, first of all. Um, because, and, and I always say it's just a reflection of the fact that I have eaten, you know, plants for the past 15 years. There definitely, I attribute to the fact that I eat a lot of food because in order for things to grow, they need to be stimulated. Right. So to get like our nails and skin and hair to, to constantly be growing and not stunted, you've got to get in those minerals and micronutrients. And that's obviously achieved through eating you know, a very protein rich, uh, a protein and fiber rich, um, diet. So I eat a lot of nuts, uh, seeds. Um, obviously all those superfoods make a huge impact that makes a giant difference in the hair. Like just incorporating a ton of walnuts, dates, bananas, mango, spinach. These things are huge. Like I have this one recipe, which is super basic and anybody can make, which is frozen banana, frozen mango, a giant scoop of spinach, a scoop of your favorite plant-based protein, three dates, um, 12 raw walnuts, uh, just a little bit of almond milk or whatever, you know, nut milk that you like, and, and then add some water. Cause I don't like it to be too heavy with, um, almond milk. Cause then it gets like too thick. And then the frozen, the frozen bananas really make the smoothie like amazing. As you know, makes it nice and rich and creamy. Yeah. But adding in those dates, those walnuts, and then a big scoop of raw almond butter, that is really revolutionary. And people are afraid, again, of things like nuts. They think it has too many calories. Like it's going to be fattening for them. The same with avocado. No, these are healthy fats that make us look pretty, that keep us youthful. That's actually natural collagen. There's all this crazy rage about collagen right now. And people are consuming, you know, getting, taking those collagen things that are yeah. bovine based, that are based off of, that are made from cows. Like how disgusting is that? All you have to do is eat walnuts and nuts and dates and things like that. You get all that creamy, rich fiber, and that goes into, into the body, and it comes out as long, pretty hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I totally agree with you. It's so crazy when people – it's the same with the refined sugar thing and the fruit, the sugar and fruits, is people are like, well, I don't want to eat that much avocado or that many yeah. nuts because of the fat. And it's like, well, what about the – you just look at their food. Journal. You're like, oh my God, what am I going to do? No, that seriously. That is the least of your problems. I always tell people 
enjoy like first of all you're never gonna overeat nuts like you're gonna get to a point where you're like i'm full like you stop eating you know what i mean yeah you're not gonna eat like 30 bags of nuts like in one sitting you'll you'll eat as many as you need i always say like your body is gonna tell you what it needs if it if it wants to eat you know another handful of nuts just eat them nothing is gonna happen to you if anything things are gonna get better so exactly. eating more, see, this is the biggest problem with our society today. It's not the food you're eating. It's all the food you're not eating. Yes. When Absolutely. people look at it like that, when I say that to people, they stop, they take pause and they're like, wow, all the food I'm not eating. And Which is a lot. <laughs> it makes you think all the stuff I'm not eating, all the stuff I'm not putting into my body every day. Wow. And you just yeah, start looking back. It's on amazing. all the years of, of food deprivation, of, 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 you know, all the little illnesses you've had, of, of the, the, the prescriptions, the, the, the pills, the antibiotics, the, you know, the downtime that you've had, the migraines, the constant exhaustion, the depletion of the adrenals, the, 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 the strain on your pancreas and liver of all the crap you've taken. And then you're like, wait, I did all this stuff to my body because of all the foods I have not been eating. Well, and what it's doing is you're just sabotaging your gut bacteria. You're just creating all of this bad gut bacteria. And then you wonder why you have all of these ailments. And it's like, well, why don't we restore that first and with nutrient dense food as opposed to tearing that down. And that's why I like when people, it's all about educating them as well. But I also like when people look at their food journal and, and then when you give them suggestions and you explain why, and they're like, oh my goodness, I didn't even know. Yes, it is. It is a. It's a beautiful moment of discovery when people start to connect the dots. And honestly, I always want. I want people to know that you can undo years of, you know, negative patterns if you want to. Yes, improved. Never think, oh well, you know, I'm I'm such an age now, so what does it matter? It it matters. Trust me. Just implementing a few small steps at whatever stage of life you're in. Will, come, will be such a radical improvement. Don't never think that anything, anything small will not be effective because it does take effect. I mean, you know, getting back to my hair thing, because, <clears throat> you know, let's, let's face it. Women are vanity driven. We look in the mirror and we, we want to look better. It's just, it's just how we are. And especially now in a society that's so narcissistic and all about how I look in a picture, you know, People are more obsessed than ever with, with the way they look. And I just say, you know, when you stop doing all this topical stuff and start investing in your internal organ health via foods, you will look better. It will have an effect on the way your skin looks. It will make your hair look, you know, better, shinier. It'll be thicker. You won't have to, you know, do as much stuff externally with, you know, all these chemically based products, injections, whatever it is that you're doing. Stop spending all these thousands of dollars on all this external stuff and invest in your internal organ health via foods and superfoods and supplements and consuming more food, getting more into your body because what you put on the inside shows on the outside. And I'm a perfect example of that, you know? A hundred percent. So, and, and another thing I, I want to say as well is I, I've never in my life um, chemically treated my hair. I've, I've never colored it. I've never done anything. I have maintained a very low maintenance 
uh, approach to my, my, my beauty regimen, if you will. And I think just investing in working out staying very consistent with your, with your fitness regimen, because obviously that has a huge effect on, you know, on your internal organ health, not just how, you know, the tonality of your muscles and stuff like that and your physical structure, but it really affects your internal organ health, therefore stimulating, you know, the way the rest of you looks and keeping you, keeping you pretty along with, you know, the food. So just strip it down, you guys, like don't do all these things that are like being forced on you by, by the beauty industry. Focus on your nutrition and, and things will get enhanced tenfold. I completely agree with that. I mean, you know, before going plant-based, I was getting Botox. I was doing all of this stuff. I was like doing, putting all this crap on my hair. I'm not, saying, my- I'm not telling people like, you know, don't get Botox or whatever, but you will have to get a lot less of those things. That's what I was going to say. I'm a yeah. heck of a lot less. I don't, I don't judge anybody for wanting to look good or, you know, going to, to get, you know, subtle, subtle things done. I have sure. no problem with that. Yeah. But don't do all that stuff. And then neg- that's my, that's what freaks me out the most is that people do all this stuff, but they eat garbage. They literally eat fast food seven days a week. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, I totally agree. And that's the thing. Like now I'm, you know, with my hair, especially it's gotten thicker, it's shinier. It's like, I don't have to put as much product and crap on it to have it look like it does after I just blow dry it, both right. is a heck of a lot less. Mm-hmm. Just all of that stuff, I feel, and my skin, my goodness, I was spending so much money on skin products because I had adult acne that right. now I, I don't need any of it. So that is like the biggest change in my life that I've noticed. I always say it's, li- it's just liberating. It's freedom when you are not, a, when you are not chained to, to products that are not only extremely costly, but are, you know, obviously full of toxins that are going into your body, therefore affecting your internal organ health, therefore making you sick. And then you having to spend money on all these other things, right. That are not benefiting you. Oh yeah. Rip everything back and you just go really basic plant-based. It's freedom. Getting freedom. Yeah. It is so liberating and freeing. I mean, I love the fact that I am not a slave to, to maintenance and to constantly having to do something to quote unquote, look better. Because when you feel better on the inside, it, affle- it af- you know, reflects on the, on the outside and you're not as insecure. Seriously, like most of my, most of my days are, you know, just makeup free, you know, in a, in a simple tank top and shorts and, you know, out I go into the world because I am comfortable with who I am. I don't need all these things to feel better about myself because I really do feel good already just in, inside. So it affects my mental health and I feel amazing. Absolutely. That's the thing that I've noticed too. I mean, my skin ha- my skin is cleared up obviously, but then that also affects all other aspects of my life. I wear less makeup. I feel more confident. And that's all simply because I changed what I put in my mouth and I changed my perception of what I thought was nutritious food or healthful food because I've been in the fitness industry for like 15 years. Exactly. And what I thought was healthy let's say 10 years ago when I was doing fitness competitions, I look back at that and I'm like, Oh, hell no. Like, (laughs) no, speaking of, speaking of fitness and health, I want to say something that I noticed. And obviously I live in Newport beach, which is, you know, micro centered and very, you know, (laughs) I mean, we've got some very wealthy moms out here who, you know, spend a lot of time 
to look a certain way. And one of the things that is most frightening to me is the severe food deprivation of older women. Mm-hmm. Because when you get older and you are depriving yourself of food in order to stay real thin, it actually ages you. So you never want to be too, too skinny. Like if you're so thin that your face is gaunt and your hair is falling out and you're starting to develop bunions and your bones are starting to calcify and get deformed because that is a huge sign that you are severely nutrient deficient, you're going to go into early stages of, um, of all kinds of uh, arthritis and severe bone issues that will affect you for the rest of your life into your elderly years. See, food deprivation. No, that's good to know. Food deprivation so I don't... Is, is a huge issue. It Absolutely. is. And the crazy thing is you're depriving yourself of food in order to stay real thin. And then you're going and injecting your face with fillers because you look old. I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, don't do any of that. Eat better foods that will keep your, your body soft. Okay. You're not going to, you're not going to get, you're not going to not look toned, but you're not going to look like a wrinkly old lady okay, that is emaciatedly frail and thin and look unnatural and, and, and like, you still want to look soft. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I'm depriving yourself of all this food to stay real thin, working out, you know, running extensively to the point of, you know, your body is literally broken down. You're constantly getting the flu. Then you're in antibiotics. It's a really sick cycle. I see it happening all the time. And it's like, if you just, if you just ate, you know, plant-based food and you allowed yourself to eat, you know, the fruits, the bananas, the nuts, the seeds, the rich food without thinking it was going to make you quote unquote fat, guess what? You would look 10 years younger. You would never get sick. You would not have to get all those injectables and you would feel great and you would still be able to work out just as much. Well, Maybe you happier too. Two to three pounds of water weight, which is essential for the body no one should be no one should be severely dehydrated. I mean, you know you were in the fitness world. Oh, when yeah. you had to get cut before a show, what did you do? Eliminate all water, right? Yes. That is not normal. Nobody no. should be severely dehydrated to the point where they are striated. If your veins are popping, there's a problem. If you're if you have bunions, which is a huge problem, huge problem right now that I see all the time in yoga, as I'm sure you do, the feet will tell you everything about your health. If your feet are deformed, it's because your body is severely uh, nutrient deprived. And I'm not saying that, you know, they could potentially go back to normal, but there are methods of treating, you know, bone, bone deformities and, and unnatural growths through nutrition and like radical changes of the diet. But these are things to look out for. It's, um, it's something that maybe we could talk about in another podcast exclusively because there's just so much to talk about. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That would be like, I would have you on here for the entire day if I could. Um, <laughs> I know. There's just so much to cover. I know. But I noticed that what, and I mean, I think that there's a misconception about skinny people having cellulite because before I went plant-based, I mean, I consider myself skinny. Mm-hmm. I had cellulite on my thighs. And people were like, no, you didn't. And I would show them and they're just like, oh, you're skinny. How do you have cellulite? And I'm like, because it's what I'm eating. And the second I went plant-based, it took me a couple of months, but I noticed no cellulite. Well, it's funny. It's it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because pretty much all of the uh, people that I know that are really unnaturally thin um, because 
like their diet literally is based off of like a hamburger and a lot of wine. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, so the legs, it's, it's important that we brought up the legs. So the legs are quads is where our adrenals are, right? Yeah. So the stronger they are and the more, and the more we work them, like the more jumping we're doing, the more squatting we're doing, the more, you know, the more we're doing to work on having strong quads, that's where we expel tox, toxins, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're holding a lot of cellulite in the, in that area, especially behind the legs, it's a huge sign of just being severely, uh, severely dehydrated. Because here's the thing, the body wants to get rid of all that stuff, but if it has no way of expelling it, it's just going to stick literally to the thighs. So when you're, when it's called skinny fat, right? We talk like That's, people talk about yes. this all the time. They're skinny, <laughs> but like they're, they're, they're not, they're not solid. They're not toned. Right. So the body doesn't know what to do with all of these toxins, all of the all of the stuff that it doesn't know literally how to get rid of because it's unnatural to consume dairy and animal products, especially dairy, which is mm-hmm. that again is a whole other show of how of how detrimental it is. And I want to just say really quick, if you if you decide that you're, you know, starting to go plant-based, get rid of the dairy first. Mm, yeah, I then agree. work on the meats. Yeah. But if you can just stop eating dairy, like overnight, that will be transformational. That is a huge, huge step and you'll feel better instantly. Your skin will start to clear up. You won't be as mucusy. Like you'll just feel better. You'll feel lighter, you know? Yeah, that's a big one. That's the one that I suggest too first. And I know a lot of people are like, well, I can give up milk, but I can't give up cheese. And it's like, there's so many vegan cheeses. Oh my God. Right now there is no reason to be eating cow's milk cheese. Well, I just want people to know that when you're eating cheese, <clears throat> there is literally a, uh, like a dopamine that's released when you consume it that's similar to the effect of like snorting cocaine. And heroin. So that's why people are addicted to cheese. It's actually technically, literally addicting yep. because of what it does. And it's so unnatural to be consuming um, a mucous membrane, <laughs> which is what you're eating, okay? Um, and... Uh, typically loaded in feces and byproducts like oh yeah and and the rotting of and the festering yeah it's just not appealing when you look at it like that no and the thing is a lot of women what they don't realize is like your base if you're drinking a glass of milk you are basically i had uh, dr pam popper on the show once before and she was talking about this she said if you are drinking milk you are basically drinking estrogen and you do not want an estrogen dominance Absolutely not. Especially, and I mean, even especially for our, our, our boys and our grown men, like why, why would they be putting that into their body? Cause you know what that causes. <laughs> I know. I, you know what I tell guys and I'm just going to be real raw about it. I say, do you like to perform in bed? And they say, yeah, I do. I'm like, do you want to continue to perform well in bed? Yeah. And they say, yeah. And I say, well, this is what you need to stop putting into your body or else it's not going to work. Yep. And they just look at me like, oh my God. <laughs> When you put it to me like that, yeah, I need to give up the cheese and the milk because I want to continue to be virile. Mind blown, I bet. Right? Yeah. (laughs) We want things to keep working down there, you know? And, And again, perhaps another entire show, fertility, lack Um, of fertility, all boils down to what you're eating. Guess what? Eliminate the trip initially to the in vitro doctor. Mm -hmm. Change your diet. Change your husband's diet. Work on that for three months. Get fit. Eat plants. Watch your body change. Watch the flora of the environment of of your womb change so that it's an alkaline environment where a baby can be conceived 
and grow. It's like the ocean. If you dump oil into it, everything dies. When you clean it up, things start to come back and grow again. That is a great analogy. Amazing. That's what we are. Yeah. We are the ocean. We yeah. are connected to all living things. So our body is 90%, what, it's like 85% water or something like that. We got to keep it hydrated with foods that are water-based. And when we do that, things flourish, things grow, things function. Oh, for sure. Final my, bulldog, my bulldog is next to me right now and he's almost 12 oh. years old. And <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I was going to ask, I was going to give you your final question, but I'm going to ask you about this because I noticed that you follow uh, V Dog Food on Instagram. Yeah. And yeah. I love that because I actually had their vice president, Lindsay Rubin, on the show and she had me very close to transitioning my dog to plant based food. And mm -hmm. You know, then I started reading all of these uh, articles, conflicting articles, like, yes, it's good for your dog. No, it's not. It's okay because they're no longer descendants of wolves. They're domesticated. What are your thoughts on this? Like, what does your fur baby eat? Or is he um, heading in that direction? So, Magoo, yeah, no, I mean, <clears throat> he is, he loves a good kibble that is plant-based. Like, uh, I've never had an issue with him, with his kibble. Yeah. Um. He was, I have to say, honestly, plant-based the majority of his life. But in the last couple years, which I didn't really want to do, but he wasn't eating, I've had to add in a little bit of salmon into his diet to get him to eat the kibble. Right. But he is primarily plant-based. And I've never given him any kind of um, like red meat or, or pork or those yeah. bacon treats or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's really important for people to understand it's are loaded in chemicals. Loaded. Oh my God. Yeah. So when you read those labels, it's like, Oh, oh yeah. That's really, really scary. So I think like, you know, if, if I think it would be amazing if everyone were to be able to switch the kibble, you know, if they, if they, cause I know a lot of people do the raw food thing, which I think is gross. Oh yeah. No, I've never oh, done that. I mean, I'm talking like raw, like raw meats and stuff like that. Like oh, yeah. how, why, why are dogs getting cancer when they're like seven years old? It's because of stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So if they switch to like a more plant-based focused diet, even for their dogs, you know, mm -hmm. I think that's really, really helpful. And then if they, <clears throat> if they feel like, you know, cause everybody knows their dog, right? Yeah. So like, I realized like, you know, I, something was off with him. Like he's changed. I mean, he's almost 12 years old and he's a really oh. healthy bulldog. So I feel okay with what I'm doing right now for him. Right. Uh, because it's working. Right. So yeah. I, I, I think plant-based for dogs. I mean, I know a lot, like my girlfriend has two French bulldogs and she switched her older Frenchie to completely plant-based diet and she's thriving and her puppy is being raised completely plant-based and he's doing amazing. Oh, that's so sweet. I mean, the dogs don't know. They're not going to miss what they don't know. Again, they are not wolves. They're not. Agreed. They're I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's just like keeping them healthy. And then I always say like, don't buy treats, like make them treats, you know, bake them little peanut butter, yummy things like simple foods, like the, the same way we eat simply, like they should be eating simply too, you know? But then I know a lot of people who like, love like just food for dogs and their dogs are doing great on it, you know, and obviously they do have animal protein in, in, you know, a lot of the, the foods that the human grade foods that they prepare. So I think it's really more so about the, uh, stripping down and, and just having really simple whole ingredients, just like for us, the same thing for them, stripping, yeah, that's you know, uh, the, the toxic ingredients, the byproducts, the, the fillers, the chemicals, all that crap that's 
you know, making dogs really ill. That's definitely key. I know with, I have a Pomchi and a Chihuahua and I know with the Chihuahua, she can basically eat whatever you give to her, but the Pomchi from the time he was a puppy, he had intestinal issues, stomach issues, and it was, it was just a nightmare dealing with it. And, you know, of course the veterinarians telling you, oh, you need to buy more canned food. You need to fill them with these medications. You need this, you need that. I stopped all of that. I yep. put them on a dry kibble and psyllium, which is Perfect. just fiber. And issues resolved. 1000%. I think the over-medicating, which again, another, t- another entire show dedicated <laughs> to the over-medication of our society and our animals is literally killing them. Yeah. Just, just strip it back. Like, you know, the best thing you can do for your dog is spend time with them. Take them outside, you know, play at the park, let him touch the grass, let him swim in the ocean. I attribute my dog's health to just being in natural environment. It's the best thing they can do. Simple foods, natural environment. It works for us and it works for them. And they're happy. And that's exactly it. That's all that matters. Monica, if you could go back in time, talk to your younger self, what type of advice would you give young Monica on becoming vegan? Wow. I would just say, be confident. Don't buy into the hype of what is pushed on you by society and by external factors. Just do you. Be okay with the decisions that you're making and the person that you're becoming and be more gentle with others who are not at the same place you're at on your journey. Monica, you are amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been such a pleasure. I feel like we could talk for days. Yes. I'm up up for part two, three, four, five. Yes. The best way to spread the word about the amazing benefits of healthy living through plant-based food, fitness, and wellness is to share it with your friends and family. You can do this in person or through the various social media platforms out there. I'm so thankful for each and every like, share, and comment. And if you're looking for more food, fitness, and wellness inspos, please visit the JenniferZ.com website. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the Jennifer Z community. And until next time, stay happy, healthy, and plant-based.